Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. All right, guys, so welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect podcast. Today, following on from my amazing run of fellow Brits coming onto the show, I've got an incredible guest. So as I always do, talk about a short bio and then get into those questions. So Jamelia Davis, an English singer, songwriter, and television presenter. She's released three studio albums, each of which has reached top 40 in the UK, which collectively have spawned eight UK top 10 singles. In addition, has won four MOBA awards, a Q award, and has received nine Brit award nominations. A successful career span has led her to becoming a judge on shows such as Move Like Michael Jackson. The filmography also includes her own TV documentaries, including Jamelia, whose hair is it anyway? Her own edition of the popular Channel 4 show, The House That Made Me, and her own BBC3 documentary, Jamelia, Shame About Single Moms. In 2010, she signed a new record deal with All Around the World Productions and has been a much-loved panellist on the ITV show, Loose Women. So firstly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm like listening, I'm like, did I do all of that? <laughs> it just sounds a bit like, what? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I always think, though? Like, th- this campaign is about really just breaking down barriers and bringing everybody to show that COVID's showing us that obviously mental health, uh, that this pandemic does not discriminate, neither does mental health or knowing yeah. about humanity. So what I like to do is... I always do my due diligence, and of course, I know you from listening to your music a long time when I was in the UK. And uh, I'll, I'll just tell you my favorite one and the video Money Doesn't Buy Your Love. Like oh, that. wow, okay. <laughs> this <laughs> like operatic with R&B. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's my, that's my favorite too, by the way. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I love to know because I've, I've obviously seen you grow up and, and through the music career, but who's Jamelia behind the public persona where yes. everyone thinks they know her? Yeah, um, it's really funny because I think that that's such a, it, it's a huge question because Jamelia behind the scenes has changed so many times. Even up to today, I was speaking to my husband and I was like, even who I was a year ago is totally different to who I am today. Um, But what I will say is that um, particularly uh, living a life of, it's kind of like a dual life, like having two lives, uh, kind of living them both at the same time. So, if I kind of start like my upbringing, I was raised in like a Rastafarian household. Um, so my culture was very much about, um, I don't know, it was about peace, it was about social consciousness, it was about, um, you know, being being one with each other and caring and um, which, you know, I'm not sure how much people really know about Rastafarianism, but it is a, um, a religion that really does promote community. Um, and so that was something that was kind of embedded in me from, you know, yeah, from when I was born. Um, and I grew up in inner city Birmingham to see a single mother. Um, and I had two more younger brothers while, um, you know, as a, as a child. And then um, I signed my record deal when I was 15. And I always describe it as like being like literally a dream, but 
not not like not like oh my gosh i've dreamed of this and it's coming true just like this can't possibly be real this can't possibly be happening to me um and i don't think i've ever gotten used to the um the things that i have achieved publicly or you know in that kind of yeah in the public eye i don't think i've ever got even listening to you read my bio i'm like bloody hell <laughs> all right okay oh yeah that that was me that you know that he's talking about me but i feel that um i've had to kind of carve out two different i'm ever so sorry my two-year-old has it's okay. True. 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 You have to go. You have to go. All right. Do you want to say hello quickly? Say hello. Hey. Say hello. Say hello. Okay. Okay. Say bye bye now. Please don't come back here. Mommy's. It's okay. It's okay to me. <laughs> my, my my elder daughter was so apologetic. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But isn't this just the norm now like kids running in like we're all working from home <laughs> that's why i call this this podcast it's imperfectly perfect there's no right there we go. it's funny that, that your eldest there just apologize because i've got my son looking after my two-year-old daughter in the other room oh okay yeah a <laughs> quiet dad and i'm like good boy <laughs> yeah bless bless um i can't even remember where i was well yeah i think i was talking about kind of like the yeah, the duality of my life, I guess. And um, and one of the things that I've always held on to was um, a kind of a separation. So um, I've, I was born and raised in Birmingham and I always made a point of never leaving Birmingham, always having my, my base or my home in Birmingham. And because I'm not sure how much you know about the entertainment industry, but everything takes place in London. Like everything, if you want to do anything, be anybody, you've got to go to London. Um, and so I was able to kind of leave Birmingham and be Jamelia, the pop star, quote unquote, and then come back to Birmingham and just be Jem. You know, that everyone calls me Jem. And that's, and, and I, I was very, very fortunate to, um, to a, to have had or to um to be able to um experience both at the same time and i know i'm speaking a lot in past tense but i feel that things have really changed for me i went into the tv industry and that was i can only describe that as a baptism of fire um i think what i realized was that i was loved and um liked when I was entertaining people, but not so much as me, as a person who I actually am, which is a black British woman in, from the UK. Um, and that, I don't know if a baptism of fire is the right thing, or it was just, it was a, a rude awakening, actually. I would more describe it as a nap. That was the beginning of my, um, yeah, my, 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 the, the negative side of my experience in the entertainment industry and the beginning of, I would say, my mental health issues. Um, yeah, it was kind of like having that kind of realisation, like, oh, um, oh, if I'm entertaining you, it's fine, but just don't talk, don't be, don't be anything other than, you know, a performer. And that was really a really hard pill to swallow. 
Um, and as I said, the reason why I'm speaking in past tense is because the past few years, I've been fortunate enough to take a few steps back and, um, and, and I've been okay. You know, I'm financially okay, emotionally okay. And I think that's the most important thing that my emotional side has been much better since taking a step back and taking taking matters into my own hands as it were so um i've had to sacrifice my career that i absolutely loved um for my mental health um and so now this person that i am behind the scenes i feel that i am authentically me i feel that i can be honest i can be my full self i can exist as a as an entire entity i don't have to split my personality i don't have to be this in that place and this in this place i can be myself at all times um and that makes me happier i don't have as much money in the bank but um i'm so much happier and um and and I'm still I still feel capable. I still feel um, ambitious. Um, and yeah, so I don't know if that essentially answers your question. But I had to kind of take you through the different you know <laughs> evolutions of Jamelia. <laughs> it's funny you say that, and I know some of my listeners have heard this before, but even listening to you say that about the evolution of Jamelia and you were speaking to your husband about it, it was put mm. to me when I thought, and some of my listeners will be laughing going, oh, he's going to say it again. But it's so <laughs> profound in going, we are constantly changing and evolving that when we suddenly <laughs> think we've found our purpose, which I thought it was through this campaign, it's actually part and parcel is a job that you love or service of others. But the other is constantly learning about ourselves, So we're never going to be the person who was yesterday. And what you said there about the finances and, and, and where you are, it was also put to me as well. The quickest way to raise your vibration and your audience, the like attract like, is to step into your truth. So true. So, so true. <laughs> it's so might, true. Yeah, we might not be where we are financially or once were and stuff like that, but if that happiness comes and your mental clarity and mental health, like, that's the main thing. But through everything... Well, is, Go on, sorry. sorry. I was just going to say, but I think this is important. A lot of us, because, because you have to understand, most of us have not had, you know, um, obscene wealth or had, you know, obscene amounts of money thrown at us. And so we, we kind of covet it and we um, were so attracted to particularly money but I can say as someone who has been, I mean, I haven't had, you know, I wouldn't say obscene wealth. I'm not like, you know, a billionaire or I've never been one, but I have been a multimillionaire. And I can tell you that was the most, uh, it was the worst portion of my life. It was, it was, you know, it didn't bring me happiness. And so, you know, whilst I might be working with a different number in the bank, I can't explain it. It's like, as you said, it's, it's like a vibration. It's like, I've never gone without when we've never starved. We've never, you know, despite me. And, and it was one thing that I thought, who will I be without money? Who would I, who can I be if I'm not super rich? Only to find that, oh my gosh, I'm, a, I'm such a better version of myself. I would much rather be this version of me without 
stupid wealth and 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 it's kind of like and 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 it kind of makes you ask quest ask yourself questions like well how much money do you actually need like what do you actually need what are the things that you need and um whilst i will never describe myself as a minimalist it definitely appeals to me because i think yeah i would love to i'd love to get rid of things and and every time i um i have kind of i don't know say say you might have a clear out or something like that or you know give 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 to charity or give to a friend it's like you get back something so much more and so much more fulfilling and zeros in the bank could never provide that for me and I, I oh, sorry, I don't want to sound, <laughs> sound like some, do you know what I mean? Like, a, I don't know, a crazy monk or something, but <laughs> I, I, I can only speak with, from the evidence that I have. And it's like, we are rich beyond our wildest dreams and, and it's got nothing to do with money. And that's exactly how I feel. And, and for me, it's kind of like the pursuit of more of that. I want more of that kind of that purposeful, you know, mission led. I can't, I don't even have the words for it, but I know what it feels like because I know I've felt it even during the pandemic. Again, having to work with less makes you actually appreciate so much more. And I've come to the realization that, oh my gosh, I, I didn't even need what I thought I needed before the pandemic hit. And now I'm like, I, I wanted, I want even less. I want less things because i gain more out i'm i gain more out of that you know it's it's not the things that are bringing me joy it's the people it's the conversations it's the connections it's you know it's the realizations it's the growth it's the evolution um sorry i i i, I don't know who i think i am right now but i hope you understand what i'm saying <laughs> I do. I love it. And I think it's, it encapsulates all that. It's experiences, isn't it? Over materialistic yeah. things. Absolutely. And I, what I've noticed, maybe it's my empathetic side, when I went through my depression and I lost a friend's suicide, and when people turn adversity into something positive and they realize yeah. this sort of stuff, every person, and I'm very grateful for coming on this podcast or this campaign, and you're all so successful, but you've all been mm. through adversity and you've turned it, yeah. you've come to this realization that, monetary or materialistic stuff just don't yeah. it's experiences so for me yeah. ramble on all day mate like i love it, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but one thing from there is there are quite a lot of people within the entertainment industry as well that listen to this podcast so for yeah. anybody and especially in the sporting industry because i moved into that as well to yeah. show every kind of industry that we're all just human Mm -hmm. what you guys go through within that industry and I always take my hat off to you all because I'm like I've never wanted to be in the industry but what I've seen <laughs> got to know a lot of you guys from it I'm like whoa like <laughs> yeah keep me away um <laughs> what, what do you or from your experience could you say to anybody that sees these highlight reels and think that's the life and for anyone who is in that who thinks that makes them as a person you've stepped away from it and you've found yeah. all this. No, I'm more than just Jamelia who people know me for. What would you say yeah. to anyone that thinks I can't drop this career because what am I without it? I think, I think even that as an idea, what am I without? What am I without this? Cause a, a, a career 
a career in the public eye is yet another thing. And I think for me, success, I think a thing is always an external, is, is, is external. And to me, success, true success is, you know, when, you know when people ask you like, oh, you, you know, when they say to people, how do you sleep at night? And, and like, do you sleep well? Do you wake up and are you, you know, happy with who you've woken up to be or who you are beside, who you are in, in contact with? Um, I think, I think what we, what we can do is we idolize being in the public eye and fame and celebrity because I understand that it is, it's rare or it's, you know, it, it, we, we build celebrities up to be special. And for me, I don't think, I don't think they are. I just think they're chosen for a reason. I think that I was chosen to do a job to but 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 to go on this journey as well I, I had to have that to become who I am now and I am someone who is unafraid to be loud unafraid to make people uncomfortable I will I will always tell the truth and um and I would not have done that or been that had I not had this um experience and the thing is is I'm really reluctant to call it a career as much as I've had an amazing amazing experience and it was it really was fantastic I got to travel and I think that was probably the number one thing that I got out of it but again through traveling I got to learn and through learning, I learned about different people and different cultures. And um, as I said, growing up in a Rastafarian household, we're all about community. And I learned that, that the world is my community, that it's not just about your immediate community. Um, and so for me, it's more about questioning why you want that thing. I never, ever wanted to be famous. I've never wanted to be a celebrity. I never, that was not the thing. And I believe that's why it happened. All I was doing was something that I was truly passionate about. I loved to sing. I loved to perform. I loved to meet people. Um, but that being said, with every high, there has to be a counteracting opposite end of the spectrum. And for me, it was too great. It was too great to, you know, to live with. And so, so you have to make a choice and, and there is a choice to be made. There is a choice to be made. There are so many, I mean, I met so many celebrities or super rich people that were so sad and so insecure and so, you know, you just felt so sorry for them. And I just thought, I don't want to become that. Hence why it was kind of like, okay, well, as you said, I'm going to live my truth. I'm going to be who I, who I am. And I have to be willing to let the chips fall where they may. So if you want to, what I do love about now, you know, about, about 2020 or about the, the period of time we live in now is that authenticity seems to be something that can also be uh, be lucrative and I don't know if lucrative is the right word but you can be famous for being authentic and I like that I like that that's a thing because back when I was you know super famous it was 
it wasn't, I had to play a character at all times. And, you know, up until about five years ago, I was continuing to play a character. And I just thought one day I was just like, no. And I think, I, I'd, but again, if you're being authentic, you're not, you're not aiming for celebrity and you're not aiming for fame. And I think uh, wanting to be famous and idolizing anyone who is, is a big mistake. Yeah, a, a really big mistake. <laughs> yeah, and uh, um, attributing to what you were saying there, with, with the campaign, what my main name is, because I've got kids and I know you've got kids, you're just saying three kids, yeah. <laughs> which is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is to build a legacy. <laughs> to really surpass time in because our, I always say, we can build awareness, but our age group, yeah. I'm 36 now, and the stigma's there. We can change yeah. it by, but what I'm trying to do is actually globally, which is an audacious goal, is change the culture, change the culture yeah. around it, the narrative, yeah. because our kids, they don't look at, they don't look at monetary, they don't look at color, they don't look at creed, they don't look yeah. at, whereas, yeah. We're conditioned by external things that have brought everyone up into this. So COVID for me actually is a time where we're having to look inside <laughs> and actually like, and some people can't face that, can they? It's like, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, but when you did transition out of um, kind of the limelight in respect of singing and then went in yeah. and voiced your opinion on loose women and things and said that yeah. that's where you saw a different side of people, how was that? Yeah. That was the start of kind of your mental health struggles. How was that to see people perceive you in a different light just because you voiced your opinion? So um, I think it's it's rather than um, this. I think this is the thing. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily a disagreement with my point of view. Mm. It was a disagreement with the the complaints that I used to get was the fact that I had the audacity to voice such a point of view when I should feel lucky that I've been let in. Um, for me, that was, it was so incredibly hurtful because I, I, I love my job. I love, I love public speaking. I, it was my dream, my dream to kind of get on Loose Women and to become one. Um, and to have the audience receive me in that way was, it was really shocking. I think it was, yeah, it was really, was really shocking and really hurtful and really, um, I was very surprised. And it sounds, it sounds crazy again now from who I am now, but it was just, I just wasn't paying attention to my environment. I was, um, I was, you know, a top singer and I, I think I, I was, I was like in a bubble of, um, of reality so my reality was everybody was lovely every oh I love everyone and everyone loves me and the world is great um and then to have that kind of complete opposite reaction and it was you know and and as I said it was say like I, I would say some I would say something that maybe my white counterpart would say exactly the same thing I would get treated differently by the media, by people in the street. And I was just like, but what did I do? And like, I was so confused. I couldn't make sense of it. it what? And, and then you kind of have to look around and like, well, 
the only thing is because I'm black, but how could that be? How can it be that? Like, we live in a multicultural society. Again, I, I grew up in Birmingham. We, Birmingham is the most multicultural city in the UK. I think in Europe, actually. And can so... I say, can, I, can I just say, the only time that you say Birmingham, you go back into full Brummie accent. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Sounds very brummy until she says the word Birmingham. <laughs> Birmingham. <laughs> and can I just say, I'm a very, very proud brummy. I just think all of my traveling has kind of like, I don't know, done away with my accent. But um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But growing up in Birmingham, you get, and I think again, I think it's like a full sense of security. So, you know, I grew up in a very multicultural, I was around every you know color creed sexuality it was it was beautiful and i believed the world to be like that because i went to an industry where everyone's for want of a better term kissing your ass so it was just kind of like you know oh everyone's lovely everyone loves me everyone gets <laughs> and then yeah and then it was kind of like it was yeah it was really awful to kind of uh i don't know it's, it's, it's like finding out Santa's not real or something, you're like, oh, okay, like literally. Um, and then it was, so again, it was kind of, well, what do you do with this? What can you do with this? Um, and for me, I'm a, I'm a bit of a fighter. I, I hate injustice. I hate ill treatment. I hate bullying. And so I just thought, well, I'm going to show up again tomorrow and I'm going to show up again the next day and I'm going to be here until I can't be here anymore and, and you're, you are going to see me and you're going to hear me. But what happens then is you're in a constant state of battle. You know, at all times I was in a state of battle. And, um, and I think also as well behind the scenes, the, the turmoil that I was going through wasn't really understood. Um, behind the scenes aren't very, um, aren't very multicultural so there, there was no understanding of why it would affect me or why something should be done why we should be talking about this it was very much well we can't we can't really talk about racism because you know and it was like no I don't know because you know it's it's an issue but we should um and then yeah and then I think um it kind of the the end of my loose women time kind of came i think we, we just basically all came up with the same decision at the same time i was like i can't do this anymore and they were like you know the audience can't stand you really <laughs> so so it was like okay well you know take care um but then i think kind of like after that now you're you're kind of thrown into a a, a different territory because it's like well i'm not I'm not fun or I'm not like, I'm not liked. So what do I do now? And I think uh, that, and that has been my last five years, um, discovering who I am without the thing. Um, because even though I say that I lived, you know, a life of duality, they, they were still both my life. And now it was like one half of me I had to live without and, and kind of fill that void. But I had to fill that void with myself. And what, what came about was that it had to be my authentic self. Um, but it's not just about authenticity. It's actually about actually acknowledging the trauma that I suffered 
um, and acknowledging what was wrong about it, why it affected me. Um, and I think a large part of it was I was ignorant. I, as I said, I didn't, I, 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 if you had asked me 10 years ago, like, is Britain, you know, is there racism in Britain? I'd be like, no, no, absolutely not. But like, now it's kind of like, well, we, we have to acknowledge that there is in order to solve it, in order to, you know, um, not get over it, but yet to resolve it. And I think, and that's kind of, uh, that became a passion of mine for quite a while, you know, uh, being a spokesperson for, um, for, for, for fairness. But again, then it's kind of like, hold on, my mental health is seriously suffering in the midst of all of this. And then it was, so over the last two years, I would say it's been, okay, it's me first. I've got to look out, I've got to look out for me. Um, so even when I was, di I was diagnosed with depression about 10 years ago now, and I didn't know what it came from. I didn't know that I was on, you know, undergoing trauma. And so I started having counseling. I started, I started also being very outspoken about it because one of the things that I realized, um, and I realized this very early on when I released a song called Thank You, uh, which was about um, a domestic, um, domestically abusive relationship that I had, I, I'm telling you, when I wrote that song, I'd, I literally thought I was the only person in the world who had ever been through anything like that. And I just wrote the song as a kind of form of therapy. And then, I mean, the amount of people, that song went to number two in the UK. It did really well in Australia as well. And I remember just being astounded at the amount of people who told me and continue to tell me, should I say, even up to yesterday, someone told me on TikTok, like, you know, um, I really relate to thank you and, you know, for, for the worst reasons, but, you know, I really appreciate the song. And it's just like, to open that kind of conversation for me was very powerful and so again not just as a singer but as a as a voice and as an advocate I've recognized the power in using my voice and talking my truth and saying the ugly truth you know and 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 that can go, that can go from you know I've been in a domestically abusive relationship to I suffer with depression I've had postpartum depression um I have a counsellor, I go to therapy, you know, to some people, these things are ugly truths and they would rather not hear them because it makes us feel uncomfortable. But for me, it's like, the longer we feel uncomfortable, the longer that we allow these things to remain stigmas, the longer they go unresolved. And you mentioned your children earlier, and this is a thing in, in my house, mental health is spoken about on a daily basis you know from from my i have a 19 year old and i have a two-year-old and we all and we, you know my husband i've got a 15 year old as well and we all will talk about our mental health in the same way all my legs hurt in today you know i'm not i'm not feeling okay today i think i might need to talk could we um could could we arrange a session with our therapist? We have family therapy, couples therapy, individual therapy. And for me, it's just, it's a, 
it's a non-negotiable. We are not sweeping it under the carpet. We are not pretending that we're not, you know, suffering in different ways or, or, and it's not just to me as well. Mental health is not just about suffering. Sometimes it's just like my husband and I, we have a fantastic relationship, but we still have couples counseling because it's just good. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's like it's not something that we do all the time but it's like it's like a little check-in and it's and it really helps us it helps us to communicate we are committed to communicating well and communicating with each other and making sure that nothing gets swept under the carpet um and and as i said with the children uh my so my young my two-year-old um you know, she has, she has a calm corner. She doesn't get in trouble. We, we, we talk about our feelings. What are you feeling right now? Why are you angry? You know, it's okay to be angry. You know, oh, I totally understand. Tell me more about it. And, you know, my mom thinks I'm crazy. Uh, you know, but, but, but for me, it's kind of like, I get, I get it. And I get that you don't understand, but this is, this is us. And this is how we're going to do it. And I want my children to feel free enough to be free about their mental health and it's not a stigma in our house and you know you said earlier that you know you you want to solve it globally it's not a ridiculous ambition it's it's absolutely possible and you are doing it you're in Australia I'm in England that's global you you, you know what I mean and and I think it's really important that we that we never underestimate our powers as individuals one person can do a whole lot of things and if if you and i have households where mental health is allowed to be spoken about freely and we are open with our children then that's that's five kids that's five people that we're putting out into the world who are going to do that with their families and i think you know that's that's world changing to me it really is. Uh, you know what? I actually love these conversations because you learn so much wisdom from other people so much. And even though yeah. you don't think of it comes in. But um, with that, you were saying there, just the impact that you can have at the home. And one of my things is, like you mentioned about your mum there, she doesn't understand it because of probably her upbringing and it wasn't yeah. spoken about. And that's yeah. why hey, with this campaign, what I'm trying to do is culturally make a cultural change because mm-hmm. unless we actually change it from like, right at the root level and that's why i'm doing visual mediums and literature and music because it's the oldest form of communication with it like everybody's trying to do all this like fancy stuff and i'm like yeah take it back (laughs) down to the bare essentials exactly let's just talk to each other (laughs) yeah and and i I keep on saying to people like if you mention your mum and i know when i was doing it my mum said the same thing like she's seen me push it and she's like how far are you going to keep going? Like, are you just not happy? <laughs> and then she lost a friend, sadly, a few months ago to suicide. Oh, and she called me. Oh, no. She was like, now I understand. Because yeah. I, and I think sometimes it takes that for people to suddenly go, oh, yeah. shit. Like, and yeah. I always say, that's yeah. one of my things. I go, how would you champion your brother, your mother, your sister, your father, if they were going through mm-hmm. So I love that what you do with your family. But I know it's getting mm-hmm. on over there and you've got your family waiting around <laughs> for you. I've got one last question for you, Demilia. Out yeah. of everything with a campaign, uh, campaign being called Imperfectly Perfect, what does yeah. being imperfectly perfect mean to you? To me, I think it's being honest. I 
think it's being honest and allowing everyone around you to be honest. We're all weird. We've all, we're all a bit quirky and, and, and that's beautiful. Like, let's celebrate that. Let's, you know, I, like my daughters, my, my older two daughters, they're absolute weirdos and we love it. And I, and I, I, I implore them to go out into the world and be exactly who you are and who, is it Dr. Seuss? He said, those who matter don't mind and those who mind don't matter. And that's exactly how I want, you know, my children and myself, because even myself, as of my explanation, you know, I've, I've only kind of come into my own in the last few years. So even me, I'm just like, I'm only just enjoying being authentically me. But for me, but the best thing we can do now that we know is to pass these, these messages or these lessons on to our children. And from the jump, you be exactly who you are. You'd be an absolute weirdo. And, you know, and maybe, and I don't know. I don't think there's any, there's, I don't even think there's such a thing as a weirdo. It's just, are you, are you honest? Are you, are you allowing yourself to be honest? And yeah, I think, and I think being imperfectly perfect is beautiful. And um, yeah, and I'm a champion. I'm definitely one of those. I'm sure you can tell from this combo. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I've, I've enjoyed this call like I said I've been speaking to so many fellow Brits lately yeah. and you even talking there when you're going like some people might not get it but weirdos it's just a, a friendly term a phrase that you say in the UK yes, sorry, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was speaking to Michelle Heaton was on yesterday I was speaking oh, to I love her. Michelle. Oh, yeah. awesome. and she basically said um, I said to the question to her and she was like yeah, sometimes we just basically shit. Shit, and I was like, yeah, because when I first came to Australia, there was the whole notion of somebody had called my name and they'd be like, Glenn, and I'd be like, what? Yeah. Like, oh, and I'd be like, what? And they'd be like, yeah, you're a bit standoff, and I was like, what do you? <laughs> Like, yeah. yeah. And I said, what are you supposed to say? And they're like, pardon. I'm like, Demelia, pardon? It doesn't... Pardon? <laughs> what? It doesn't go right. So I'm like, no. I'll stick to my what. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to say, on behalf of the campaign and on behalf of me, thank you for everything. Where can people oh. find out more about you and what are you up to next? So um, you can find me on Instagram um, at official Jamelia. I'm on YouTube, trying to do YouTube videos. Uh, I, I upload like 10 and then none for like a month. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm on YouTube at jamelia.com. I'm actually planning like a little live uh, event for the run up to Christmas. So that should be fun. Um, what else am I doing? Um, TikTok, you mentioned. I've, got, I've, got, um, I've said it again. TikTok? Did you mention TikTok? Oh, TikTok! Yeah, yeah, I'm on TikTok as well. But my TikTok, the, like, yeah, TikTok. I'm not that good on there. But that's Jamelia.com as well. Um, and what else? And yeah, and I'm on YouTube. I've got like a, a TV show. It's like so I created like my own loose women uh, for black women, <laughs> and that was that is really fun. Um, so yeah, I've got that. Um, what else? That's that's it really. But yeah, follow me on those, and I'll tell you what I'm up to. But um, Glenn, <laughs> can I just say, like, thank you so much for having me. And I think what you're doing is incredible. And please, 
never ever again say that you know this ambition is a world ambition it's completely doable and um and and also like what would you say to your to your to your son if he said that to you like you know what you'd say so don't say it to yourself you know what i mean don't say anything negative to yourself it's 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 completely doable and and as i said you're already doing it you're already doing it and you know i'm really proud of you thank you very much i appreciate it i'll just finish off and tell you TikTok. I just got on there recently and okay. people have been, the views have been going up, up and up and people have been going, what are you doing? I'm like, I haven't got a bloody clue. Something's happened. <laughs> like, everybody's like algorithms, all this. And I said, when yeah. I started the campaign and this podcast started, everybody was like, yeah. how have you done this? And it got picked up by iHeartRadio. I'm like, I had my laptop. I got garage band and I pressed play. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Listen, and that's the thing. Like, I think a lot of people don't think TikTok is for like us '80s babies. I'm going to be 40 in January, um, but I'm. I don't care. I'm here to stay. So similar to Loose Women, I'm here, and you're going to see me, and I'm going to do my dances and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. mate, I'll, I'll let you get back to your family. I appreciate your time. Um, thank you. thank you very much. And for guys oh. listening to. Imperfectly Perfect, simply subscribe, share and like on Spotify, iHeartRadio. I'll put all the links up to Jamelia. And um, yeah, just keep having those hard conversations and let's change the culture together. To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.